0: Hello, Jack. Hello, Kyle. You can hear me? We're good? Yes, I can hear you. I chose not to name myself Big Fish this time. Oh, well, you still mentioned it. What? (laughs) So you still mentioned it. Yeah, I did mention it. It. For the fans, for the fans. Always
1: Big Fish. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Goat Talk, episode two. Um, Podcast all about the NFL, all teams. Try and stay non-biased except Jack. Um, my name is Kyle Starrett. I'm your host, uh, along with my co-host Jack Brisendine. Um you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle A. Sterrett.
0: Uh, follow Jack me on you, Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack Brisendine.
1: Cool. All right. Um so today's episode is we're gonna start off talking about the draft. Um because we missed that it's a couple of weeks ago now. Um mainly gonna highlight some of the steals, some of the biggest head scratchers, um, and just Overall, teams, draft days. um, I'm more of the draft guy, so I'll probably do most of the talking on that one. But Jack can pitch in whenever he wants. And second, I uh, switched this up last second, but we're going to be doing a tier list today because earlier me and Jack, I guess, and mainly it was me and one of my other friends, we had a long, lengthy discussion about quarterbacks. So we're going to be ranking our quarterbacks from certain categories like elite, okay, something like that. So, um yeah, let's get started. You right, Jack? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So, I guess I'll start off just by asking the big question. Out of all the prospects that you really know the best, um, all the team selections and their needs and all that, who would you say was the biggest draft steal?
0: Oh, By far, Isaiah Simmons. I think Isaiah Simmons probably could have been like a top five talent. And he slipped all the way to eight just because teams in front of him had needs, which I don't necessarily advise drafting for need, but when you're in the top eight – or in the top seven, excuse me, there's a lot of talent there, and you should – if it matches up with need and best available, then you should do it. And I think it was just luck of the draw that the Cardinals were able to snag him at eight, number eight. But no, that was definitely a steal in my eyes.
1: For sure, for sure. I think especially the Giants of all teams. Yes, I still think Andrew Thomas is a okay pick, but I think with Isaiah Simmons on the board and linebacker is one of your biggest needs. Because they were tackles. They took another tackle late round anyways. He's a pretty solid player. I forget who it was. I just remember they took another one. He's a good a good player. But, yeah, the fact that they passed on Isaiah Simmons, um, the Panthers, Derrick Brown's a good player too, but it's Isaiah Simmons. Like, he is the Swiss Army knife of the league now. Yeah, you
0: could say. The new Tyron Matthew type safety. Yeah, I mean,
1: bigger than Tyron Matthew. Probably just as athletic, though. Yeah, very solid player.
0: Hard to see how he fell. Mark Barron type comp.
1: I can see that. Uh, I'd say another one, though. Another player who fell further than they probably should have. I'll say just because there were other teams. Well, actually, there's one guy, CD Lamb. Uh, the fact that he fell to so my my dismay to the Cowboys down hurt, but the fact that he was able to fall, especially past Henry Ruggs, um, even Jared Judy, who was arguably the best receiving prospect in a while. But I think, personally, based on what I watched, um, the film I saw, I would rank Stevie <laughs> Lamb above. <laughs> I would rank CD Lamb above uh, Jerry Judy just based on what he can do. He reminds me a whole lot of uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, which, I mean, for I mean, we talked about it last time the the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is now Cardinal, a great weapon. That's a franchise changing weapon for the Cardinals. Yes, and CD Lamb is a D Hop type, and now he plays for the Cowboys, who already have a ton of weapons on that offense.
0: Yes, I will be rooting against him, but I hope he has a very proud, fortunately. It was it's so nice seeing him in midnight green. That's not even a color. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's not a color? Uh, what name one person who said, "Oh, my favorite color is midnight green." Well, it's a sh- it's a shade of green. It's, I mean, okay, it's like a paint you depot. You have uh, all about it.
1: You've motivated me, and I will now put on my midnight green Jason Kelsey jersey. So, thank you for that. Plenty of
0: people say my favorite color is burgundy or gold. I, burgundy's a weird color. <laughs> that's like some, like, elementary field fe- colored shirt.
1: Hey, this red night like, green jersey is kind of sexy, though, if we're being honest. <laughs> nah. All right, we'll suit yourself. All right, I want to talk about, real quick, is some of the later round steals, which I'm sure you're not quite as familiar with. Um, because you're more of a just NFL. You have you've said to me before that you are a free agency guy. I'm a draft guy all the way. Yes. So I'm going to list my top three draft deals late round. Um, and if you know anything about any of these players, you can go ahead and chip in. But I'll just talk about them for now. Um, starting it off, I'm going to save the best for last. So I think it's the biggest deal the draft. Um, but starting off, I'll say that James Crochet, wide receiver out of SMU, uh, to the Ravens, I believe in the fifth round it was, that was a ginormous steal. Do you know anything about James, James Crochet?
0: I wish I could I tell you I did, but I do not. Uh, it doesn't appear that he was in the fifth round. Let me check sixth.
1: Is he the fifth or sixth?
0: Yes, sixth out of SMU. Sixth.
1: That, that's, even, that's even more insane. I've seen... There's this one page on Instagram I follow who's like a big scouting page. And I actually, he has a lot of really great takes and does a lot of really good research on players. And he had, um, he had as like a first round pick, like a first round talent. No one was going to take him in the first round. But he's like, as much as I hate to say it because I like Kelvin Harmon, but he does remind me of that pick last year for Washington. The fact that this is a borderline first round talent player who can run all the routes. He's a really great route runner. He's, decently athletic. He won't blow you away with his speed or his, his breakaway speed or anything, but he's a yeah. fantastic route runner. Just like um just like Kelvin Kelvin Harmon. Yes. He reminds me a lot of Kelvin Harmon and the fact that he was able to fall to the sixth round to the Baltimore. He was already one of the most talented teams in the league. It it I wanted the Eagles to take him once he fell past the fifth. And well, well I don't
0: know how he made it to the sixth. Fun fact but, like, the pick right in front of James Prochet was Quez Watkins by the Philadelphia Eagles. Why are he you hey, Southern Miss? I'm going to be honest. He's one of the guys I have no idea what to expect from
1: him. <laughs> I don't know Quez Watkins. I know he's fast.
0: The only but, thing I can say as far as the information I have in front of me is he's three inches taller than Crochet. <laughs> Same weight. Really? Yes. I mean... He's, you guys had a shot at him.
1: I mean, it is what it is. I mean... I'm sure a lot of teams had Perciate lower on their board than I probably did and other people that I've read up who've done their draft views and, read, uh, and uh, wrote their stuff down. Yeah, they probably had – we probably had a little higher grade on him than other people like NFL's team scouts and stuff. But from what I've seen of him, he's a very good player, and he could become a, an elite route runner
0: at some point in his career. Very cool. Yep. Very synopsis. So,
1: thank you, thank you. So this next guy, the second steal I want to talk about, is another Cowboys one. And I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't even know if I pronounce Prichair, I'll be honest. But, uh, what Cowboys? I'm looking it up real quick. It's not going to be as
0: bad as my mispronunciation of Cardinals in the beginning. (laughs) I didn't even notice it. I noticed noticed it immediately. And I know I'm going to get flack for it. Cardinals or something like that. Now that you've told everybody, of course, well, you know. <laughs> well, I would rather make it open obvious and acknowledge it. It makes the freaking comments listen you you do you it's right. just me, me <laughs>
1: all right, so this next player I want to talk about, we've bought enough time, thank you for that um in the fifth round, I think his name is Bradley and I and a defensive yes the last
0: pick of the fifth round,
1: yes. That guy was, in my opinion and many others, a second-round talent who honestly should not have fallen past the fourth round. And it's it's pretty scary knowing that the Cowboys, who have massive holes on defense and their biggest needs are all on defense, just took a potential franchise defensive end, like a starting caliber right off the bat. You can put him in, and he will make big plays for you. There's not much analysis I can go off here, except for the fact that he is just a solid end who will <laughs> probably be a career starter in Dallas.
0: Mm, that's quite a bold statement for a fifth round pick, 4 on sixth round. I mean, I mean,
1: well, yeah, and I mean, the thing is also you, the Cowboys already have Dexter Lawrence, so you got to put everybody on one side to block. You got to put all your resources on one side to make sure you block this elite defensive end. Now you've got another at least. Decent starting caliber D end. You got to block both of them. How are you going to do that? And You also have Jalen Smith, Baller from Notre Dame, Leighton Vander Esch, all these dudes. How are you going to block all of them?
0: I mean, I have the same question for those people who are going to face the Redskins.
1: I, I can't. Yeah, the Redskins D line is, it's a Masty. it's going to be a force. There's no doubt. I mean, hey, at least you have a. Some highlight on your team. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Good D-line. in the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course, always. Always have plenty of back backhand compliments for the Redskins. Um, but, yeah, that was a great pick by Dallas, who had a heck of a draft. But there's one player who I think outshines the, that Dallas selection. And I believe you know who it is. Do you want to tell everybody who I think that is?
0: Oh, it is some random Eagles wide receiver, or some random Eagles pick. I know you've. In the, in the sixth round. What?
1: In in, and at, at the end of the sixth round. All right, I'll
0: look him up. I'll look him up on that to the, whole, to the whole audience. I've said it enough. You should know this one now. Huh? Prince Tega Wanoa. Prince Tega
1: Winaga. Winaga. All right, he is. He is, if Andre Dillon doesn't work out, the Jason Peters replacement. He was, at the latest, a third round talent. He is athletic as heck. All right. I'm not going to say anything. We're keeping PG here. He is incredibly athletic for an offensive tackle. Smaller than most. uh, I saw some things on him about having short arms or whatever. Who really cares? Because that dude is a baller. All right. He can get out to the edge. He can set the corner. He can stick with the fast, speed-rushing DNs. He's also got a strong enough base that he can stick with the power rushers. He can block anyone in the league, I'm calling it right now, and he will end up being the steal of this draft. I have no doubt about it.
0: No, but NFL Network or NFL.com has him has his draft rating or whatever they give as a year one quality starter. There's pretty a six rounder.
1: He is. He should have been a six rounder. If he, who are some teams, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. But there are some teams that took some questionable tackles who are like really O line needy teams, and the Eagles just got potentially one of the best tackles in the draft in the sixth round. Well, now you can call me biased all you want, but that is like, I would have said this whether or not he went to the Eagles. He's a very good player, but obviously he he
0: received been, a, you know, a he received ball. a medical flag at the Senior Bowl. Something to watch.
1: Yeah. yeah, he'll fit in perfectly. Oh, yes. I love my injured players in Philly. All um, right. So, those are my three big steals. I'm not going to let you finish. Those are my three big steals, Jack.
0: Do you have I, I mean, add? obviously, I only really pay attention to the Redskins draft. So, my steal is Antonio Gandy Golden, wide receiver. I picked in either the fourth or fifth round, out of, right, right next door. Um, Tall, and he's got he's got great, great hand position. Or what's the word? He can high point the ball, like high pointed mm-hmm. throws, really well. You got strong hands. I compared him to AJ Green, as just as a player comp. Uh I I I just think he's he's great. He's looked great on tape. Um, I'm sure he didn't get much much hype coming out of a smaller school like Liberty. So we'll see what we can do with him. I mean, hey. Antonio Brown came out central.
1: He, you're not wrong. He got just about as much hype as he probably deserved. He was seen as like a late third, early fourth at most. Um, which When did y'all
0: take him into fourth? Uh, I'm checking on that now. I believe it was fourth.
1: Fourth? Yeah. So y'all got to know about where he should have gone. I mean, he's a solid player. There's no denying that. It was a very deep wide receiver draft. So any team that needed a wide receiver, with the exception of one big one, um, got their guy probably from this draft, so or in the Eagles' case, multiple guys from this draft, um, including a incredibly fast veteran who I'm very excited to see next to d next year, Marquise Goodwin. But we've talked about the Steels now, Jack. It's time to talk about some of the biggest head scratchers. So I don't know if you could really name any, but I have three in the first round.
0: I very much okay, well I'll about. steal one because I know this is one. The one of the only ones I know about is um well I've I've got two. Uh I can't remember his name, but the Raiders corner that they drafted. Uh Damon yes, I remember reading reports that he could have gone as late as like the third round. So, like it was a very Raiders type pick. I mean you saw they got yep. they got, you know, what's his name? Um crap. The dude from Richmond. Early in the draft last year, I uh, can't remember Clemson. Um, but he, yes, he um, a very bear. raiders won't type deal. pick, just picking their guy immediately, kind of treating it like it's a Madden draft. But I, I don't know. <laughs> that was that was another. That was just a weird pick that I felt like they could have waited or traded back. I mean, you've already made a pick at that point. I think they had like three picks in the first round, two or three, and then the second would be. The Seattle linebacker out of Texas Tech. It just felt like some was another dude who you could have gotten later on. And you've already got Bobby Wagner. I just didn't understand picking him in the first round. And then I know who your third one's going to be, so I won't take it. Look, go ahead and
1: try. You got my first
0: two: Damon Arnett and um, Jordan well, Brooks were two of mine. I'll If, talk about if I know Mr. Starett, like I think I do, I would guess that his third head scratching move in the first round would be. Jordan Love, to the Packers.
1: Oh, that, that he's definitely my number five, I'd say.
0: Number five? What about three and four?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, most head-scratching was definitely Damon Arnett. Second most is Jordan, uh, Jordan Brooks. I would say my fourth was who I've talked to you about, Austin yeah. Jackson. Just because I feel like he was very overhyped because he's an incredibly raw prospect. And the fact that you're going to probably expect him to step in nearly immediately to protect – Tua, who's coming off an injury anyways, it was a very head-scratching move. They were... Josh Jones from Houston. Um, there are plenty of other dudes out there. Even Prince Dega when I go. You could take him in the second, and he would have been a better... Uh, Just put him in right at day one. Day one starter guy, and he could have predicted Tua better earlier on. Mm. So he was my fourth. Jordan Love... We don't I don't even want to get into it because I hate the pick, but he was my fifth. But my third. Um you probably went over your head a little bit because he is a Clemson guy. But just like Damon Arnett, he was also a third round caliber prospect who was uh, Atlanta Falcons AJ Terrell. Yeah. Oh he was a say Oh, okay. Um he was a third round guy who I saw some drafts have him like second round, mid mid to late second. But that was the highest he should have gone. The second I heard his name called 16th, especially when I thought the Falcons had a chance to take CeeDee Lamb, who obviously went to pick after. But I was just praying he fell to 21. But when I heard him take A.J. Terrell, I was a little shocked by that one. That made zero sense. Like, solid corner, don't get me wrong. But I just – I didn't understand. There were better corners on the board. Even, like, at the 31st pick – The Vikings got Jeff Gladney, who's probably top three corner in the draft. Thirtieth pick, Dolphins reached on a corner, still didn't reach nearly as far as the Falcons did there. I didn't, I didn't understand the pick. Yeah, I mean, I pay
0: attention to the draft in the sense that you know I generally know who should go probably first round, early second, and I I hadn't even heard his name mentioned, so it just it felt like one of those picks. Usually after twenty, and I think I believe I've said this or uh, last pod I might have after twenty, it's kind of just a crapshoot of who's gonna be picked and it's it's like even the, especially in the third round and on, but like I don't know, I don't think you go that that route. That just for like a huge reach. But who knows? He could be Deon I mean <laughs> I mean listen though, I don't
1: I genuinely I would usually agree with you if it wasn't the draft that this year's draft was. I think usually after a round pick, like, twenty 25, you're, like, picking project guys uh, to some degree. But in this draft, it was so deep. I mean, look, 28, I'll talk about Jordan Brooks for a second, because Seattle, the main problem I have with Jordan Brooks was not only that he was a third-round talent that they took in, in the first round, it was the fact that if they won a linebacker, Baltimore got yep. Patrick Queen, my favorite linebacker in the draft, the pick after. Well, you want to talk about an athletic yet – Great in the run, stopping dude. Patrick Queen is that guy. I love Patrick Queen, and the fact that Seattle felt the need to take a, I'm not gonna say project, but definitely not anywhere near as talented dude. A pick before same position. I don't. I didn't get it at all. I mean, it's not the worst. They might not definitely the worst pick in the draft, but Jordan Brooks. Yeah, I felt like
0: when it comes to stuff like that, I feel like a lot of teams value potential over what. Guys have proven, and I think that that was one of those cases where it's like if you really wanted a guy, especially I think in the first round, you should have a healthy combination. And I just felt like that that Seattle pick was a lot more potential than what he had proven to be, whereas Patrick Queen was the immediate stand-in day one prospect. Oh yeah, no Patrick Queen and the I mean the Ravens had
1: a need at linebacker. They don't have many needs. They had my linebacker. The guy they just got to fill that need is elite. I'll say it now; he's going to be elite. He's a very good, very good football player.
0: Yes, that's you.
1: But well, what were we talking about before that? Oh yeah, you were talking about um oh, anybody after pick twenty is a, a potential project guy. And usually, I would agree with you there, but this was one of the deepest drafts in multiple positions probably all-time receiver, incredibly deep receiver draft. Linebacker, the first one wasn't picked until pick 23, I think. No, 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 it was Isaiah Simmons. But then it was 23 with Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, both day one starters, potential elite guys. Like, they're incredibly talented linebackers. And two teams were able to get them at 23 and 28. I mean, you had corners. That was a decent corner draft. Tackles that weren't taken. You had day one starting caliber tackles, not taken until six rounds, like we've already talked about. Like, tackle, receiver, I'll say DB was a pretty good draft. Running back, the first running back wasn't taken until 32. And I wouldn't even say it's the best running back in the draft. It, it was, was a, a good, good back fit. It was a good, really good
0: fit for that offense. A,
1: oh, I don't disagree.
0: Fantasy style. I,
1: I would say that the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, or, or he was either a Chiefs guy or a Bucks guy. <laughs> Because either he's going to Kansas City, where he's got Patrick Mahomes and a sacked offense, where he will be properly utilized by Andy. I'll D. say it. Or you've got Tom Brady, and Tom ooh, Brady ooh, is a checkdown guy. Yeah. So look, that I that's know. the type of back he is. Like he is the Tom Brady back. He is Tom Brady's new James White. If he'd gone to the Bucks,
0: had to take a shot that's at Brady, back I get what you're saying.
1: Oh, I'm going to be taking plenty more later. Um, don't even worry about it. But <laughs> we are approaching the 25-minute mark. So, real quick, let's talk about some of the winners and losers of the draft. Who would you say is the biggest winner? Okay, of I'm going to go. Weekend?
0: Like you said, I don't really pay much attention to the draft. I would have to say my Redskins were big winners just, beca- just because they got Chase Young, who I would say is arguably the best prospect in the draft. Um, They're adding – they're already strengthening his strength. And they're following the 49ers model of build up your D-line and then build a contender around it instead of – I mean, we'll see what we get from Haskins, but I think that's like you either get a quarterback or you get a D-line, and that's they, they're they trying to do both. And then I would also say probably the Bengals, just because I believe Joe Burrow is going to turn it around. And they also had a couple just steal picks because obviously they pick first every uh-huh. round. So they just – they had a really good draft. So those, those would be the two teams. I know they're pretty basic, but – the that I think, yeah. Oh and then duds, I guess I would say like I, I guess one of the team I, I think it was what team was it? One team picked all defense. I always the Panthers. I mean I I appreciate yeah. the bold strategy, but at some point you gotta you gotta acknowledge that you have to add on both sides of the ball. So I would say that was my dud draft, but Those were the three that stood out to me for those categories. I'm – I mean, the
1: Panthers draft, right, it was – it had a point. Like, they addressed a lot of offense in the the free agency. So they went all defense in the draft, and I think it works for them personally. I like what Matt Rules doing in Carolina. I really do. I think maybe in a year, to, not a year, but like two to three years on the road, they're going to be contenders.
0: I have no doubts about that. A Good defense, good run game. They'll follow like the Seattle model. I mean, it, it works. Seattle's always in the playoffs. What can you say?
1: Um, but I'm going to agree with you on one team you said. The Bengals had a very good draft, but it was not just because of Jerbo. Actually, Joe Burrow, I think, is incredibly overrated um, as a prospect, but... It's just every pick after that, with the exception of one, was a home run pick. Like, Joe Burrow, franchise quarterback, sure. T. Higgins, I think, was overrated as a first-round guy. They got him in the second round. Perfect fit. Um, Another kind of A.J. Green-type dude. Jump ball. I think he's a one-trick pony a little bit. I think he's a jump ball guy, and that's it. But you've got Joe Burrow. Why not surround him with some weapons? So that was a great pick. Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming, is my second favorite player out of the draft. I really wanted Philly to take him, but obviously he went before we really could have, but that was an excellent pick, immediately followed by another huge steal that I didn't talk about, and Akeem Davis-Gathers, linebacker from Appalachian State. He was an excellent linebacker. They also got another linebacker in the seventh round out of Purdue, Marcus Bailey, who I didn't know much about until post-draft, but from what I've heard, he would have been like a first-round guy if he wasn't if it wasn't for his injury history. Like apparently he just can't stay on the field, but he's incredibly talented. Um, there were two other ones there. One of them was a guard from Kansas, who was the only really bad pick from their draft. But as for, I'll give two other winners. I'll give three of three other winners and one loser because really, there was only one loser in this draft. New England had a bad draft too, but they're not my one loser. So I'll go. Baltimore had an excellent draft, filled needs, got steals everywhere. Excellent draft there. Um, Dallas had another draft just like the Ravens. Probably if not, if it wasn't Baltimore, Dallas had the best draft out of the team, which I hate to say. They'll screw them Dallas, up somehow, but I hope so. But I mean they had an excellent draft from a just talent coming out of college perspective. Like these players that they took were all steals pretty much. I don't think they really missed on any, maybe one or two, but, I mean, that was an excellent draft. And finally, I'll go Denver just because I like Denver next year. I liked them before. Now that they've surrounded Drew Locke, who's an incredibly talented young quarterback, they just surrounded him with two new receivers, both excellent. Jerry Judy, um, he was arguably the best receiver in the draft. And KJ Hamler, who is fast, he is all speed. Um, They also got a questionable corner, I'll say, in the third. What their next pick in the third, Lloyd Cushionberry, starting caliber center, day one, very good player. Um, they got a couple in here that I'm not super knowledgeable on. Um, I think it was Natane, it's a weird name, it's like one of the Samoan names. I'm not, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Natane Muti or something okay. like that, guard for Fresno State. I think he's a solid player. And finally, their last pick in the draft, round seven, pick 40. Was another big steal. It wasn't one of the biggest steals, but it was Derek Tuska, something like that, from a North Dakota State edge rusher. That was a
0: they hit that part pick out of the out of the park. But yeah, any comments on that? I mean, pretty much I recognized Hamler and Judy, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah, but no, they yeah, surrounded they surrounded you. <laughs> their young quarterback with but with weapons, which is what you want to do, and. They've already got Fant and Sutton there, and and then they've got they've always had good. Mm-hmm. they always have like defense. I mean they and Lindsey. Yeah, Denver knows how to and build Gordon. a team. They've always built good teams.
1: No yeah. doubt, no doubt. But and Lindsey, there are winners, and after winners, there are losers. Oh, I was, just <laughs> do not Don't steal my. Don't say I will anything. cite you later.
0: <laughs> Already here at first, everyone. Yeah, I got anyways. that thought from Kyle A. Starrett. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, listen, all right, because there's one big loser of this draft, and every draft analyst, pretty much, that I've read up on uh, their opinions of the draft, all agree this was by far the worst draft out of 18. And that is the Green Bay Packers, who managed to go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks and did not get a significant need filled. They went quarterback round one. Jordan Love, this is not like Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre because Aaron Rodgers has years left on the contract and just in playing because he's a very good player. Best of our generation, I think. But you take Jordan Love, who's a project. I'll take that. You can let him grow behind Aaron Rodgers. I still don't get it, though. Then you took my favorite player in the draft, but you took him two rounds early, and he's not an Eden, a need in A.J. Dillon. I love A.J. Dillon. Oh. It sucks that he went to Green Bay, and he should not have been picked that early. Then they took a no-name tight end. Then they took a linebacker from Minnesota. Uh, I'm not super knowledgeable on him. Then they took the son of a very good tackle from Philly, John Runyon who, I mean, he's pretty good, but I mean, they have they don't have the best of line. So I get that they took three O-linemen in the sixth round. But none of them are that great. They could have taken him earlier if they wanted one, and they got, it got better. They could have taken my guy, Prince Stega, but they didn't. They took three decent dudes. John Runny is probably the best out of all of them. They took three dudes. They didn't really take anyone else of, of note. Jonathan Garvin, the seventh, was a decent pick out of Miami. But what what did you do? You didn't fill your needs. Wide receiver was your biggest need. You didn't take a single one in the deepest wide receiver draft of all time.
0: I mean, I guess I, I guess they could have picked up Hamler at the end of the first round, but you know they they had to look to the future at some point. And I guess they they were really high on Love. You know, most of the time when teams draft quarterbacks, they say that they were first on their board in the first round. And I feel like, I mean, mm. come. Call me, call it what you want. But I mean, I'm pretty high on Devontae Adams and Devin Punches. I think they're capable receivers. Um, so I mean, I, I was okay with their draft. I think having Dylan Jones and, and, um, Montgomery, not Montgomery, um, the other one. I'm forgetting all my names tonight. The other dude, (laughs) the other running back that they have. Um, yeah, now
1: they yeah, they're going to have a either. really good
0: a really good running game next year and I think that they're going to I don't know. I think the Packers have everything in order. I think they had a crap draft this year, excuse my language. But uh I I don't know. I I would agree with you on it, but I don't think it was I I don't think any team just drafts with nothing planned. I think they they at least have a vision and I think they to to what they expected f- fulfilled what they wanted to do.
1: I would just say it was a statement draft, really. I think this was a Matt LaFleur LaFleur statement draft. He went with who he wants. He wants to take his team, who really isn't his team, because Aaron Rodgers is like a Peyton Manning leader type. No, no, wait, no. He's not a Peyton Manning type leader. Peyton Manning was one of the great leaders of all time. But that is his team. I meant it like that is Aaron Rodgers' team. Peyton Manning's Colts were Peyton Manning's team. Aaron Rodgers and the yes. Packers are, is Aaron Rodgers' team. And LaFerre is trying to take the power away from Rodgers. I think that was the point of this draft, and I don't like it one bit. And I think the Packers are going to pay for it next year, despite having my favorite player from this draft, a Derrick Henry-type player. In I Arizona. agree. But what can you do? What can you Be do? like that. So we're done talking about the draft now.
0: Oh, I am. <laughs> we're done talking about more... the
1: draft. You ready to move on? You know. Yes. I am very, very uh I feel like it's gonna be a fun, a fun section fun. of this episode. All right. We have a a tier list here. I have thirty two quarterbacks. Um so we're gonna have to go quick because we don't really have enough time to spend like two minutes on each of these. But thirty two quarterbacks. Um, not from every team though. they I took out all the rookies because we don't know anything about the rookies yet. And they had some backups in here, which I don't really understand why. But I uh, took out all the backups, took out the rookies, so we've just got 32 dudes, a couple teams had two dudes, who I just want to talk about both of them. But um, yeah, so let's get started. And funnily enough, the very first quarterback on this tier list that I've pulled up here is Carson Wentz. So your categories are, Jack, elite, great, solid, average, has potential, below average, or bum. So where would you so put Repeat the
0: things again, that was a ton of them, hold on
1: second tier yeah I'm sorry it's elite elite great solid average has potential I'll say I'll say but
0: uh, it's gonna come with a caveat I would also say 2015 Jordan Reed was elite but injuries killed it and now he's about an average player at best so I think Garza Wentz right now is an elite quarterback but if he continues to have this injury bug biting him every year he could slip all the way down to average.
1: I, I don't think he'll ever get below solid in his career. But, I mean, I can see your point. Listen, the the fact that people call him injury-prone is a little preposterous because I heard a funny stat the other day, right, that since Wentz got injured, since Wentz tore his ACL, actually, I'm assuming it's before that too because that's the timeline they gave. So it had to be a little before that. There has not been another contact ACL tear in the league. So majority of ACL tears when players take their ACLs, are non-contact. So they'll be like running, and they'll like twist their knee the wrong way or something, or they'll just be in practice or something. Carson Wentz took a hit to his knee. It took a violent blow to the knee. That's what tore his ACL, right? So that's the reason he tore his ACL, which is the big injury. Oh, bunch is injury prone. That was the injury that got him that label. There has not been another contact injury or ACL tear, I mean, in the league, in the entire league. There have been plenty of players who tore their ACL, None contact it's a it's a rare thing and it's a freak accident that happened. If you watch it if you watch the the game, that was a like a nasty hit That wasn't an injury prone type injury. That was a oh, he just took a very disgusting hit and his knee doesn't bend that way. What are you gonna do? Like So I think the injury prone thing, it's a little blown out of proportion. He's not injury prone. He's just gotten some bad luck with that ACL and then last year in the playoffs a, I'll call it a dirty hit. Say what you want. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I think right now he he is on the doorstep of elite, if not elite
0: already. So I agree with you there. But yeah, I mean, I I would compare him to like Josh Jackson type player. And I I think he's elite, but like in the sense that, you know, when Josh Jackson first came out, it seemed like he had everything going for him. Like he's going to be the number one receiver in our offense, like yada, 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 whatever. But, like, every – it seemed like every week he had some, like, nagging injury, and it always held him back. And like, his first year, like, I think he played, like, one or two games, and he just always had something holding him down. I think Josh Jackson could be a good receiver. I think he had a good mold, good build, good – uh, ca- just, like, good skills when it came to catching the ball, and he just never developed. Now, I think Carson Wentz is farther in his progression than Josh Jackson ever was, but he could find himself down the same slope. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a free agent. Where's Josh Jackson now? Either that or he's on Minnesota. I'm yeah, not completely sure. All
1: right, anyways. Um, <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying, not on the team right now. Um, but next we have Dak Prescott. So where would you put Dak Prescott?
0: I don't know. I just dropped the mic. Elite. Why? <laughs> People love to give Dak. Jack- I'm telling um, you right now, Kyle, go ahead? I'm telling you right now, if Dak Prescott played on, like, any other team than the Dallas Cowboys, he wouldn't get as much flack as he does. And I don't even think it's flack this time. I think it's just so much attention is brought on Scott that he's constantly under the microscope to a different a different criteria than all these other players. And I think that he is a very, very good quarterback who can lead a franchise, and he's shown it. And I just, I think that he gets a lot of hate because he's constantly being talked about because he is the quarterback of America's most popular team. And it it shines away from his real ability on the field.
1: All right, two things uh, before I say my rookie on deck. Um, One, I just came up with this idea because we are running a little short on time. I was going to say that we could do all the NFC quarterbacks for this episode and save the AC, uh, AFC ones for next episode. All right, cool. So we'll do that. Two, every time Dak has had – he's on one of the most talented teams in the league, undoubtedly. But every time he's had one of his stars go down, he has been a different quarterback. Um, Amari Cooper goes down. Dak can't throw anymore. Zeke goes down. Dak's wildly inefficient. Uh, Tyrod Smith goes down. Dak, all of a sudden, he he becomes a different player whenever one of, he, just one of his pieces goes down. And I get it. They're elite players. So if they go down, that's going to make a big difference in the team. It shouldn't make a big difference like it did in the quarterback. We look at my guy who we just put in elite, Carson Wentz. Had his whole team go down, he still led this to the playoffs. No excuses. Dak seems to be an excuse for quarterback who I think has talent, but is not anywhere near as talented as. A lot of other people put him. So, I would honestly put him in the solid category, right, between great and average. Okay. said elite, so I guess we'll split it and go great. That's good. That's good. On deck. Is that fine? I wouldn't put him anywhere above great, though. Like, if you ever touch elite, I don't. I There's no way. There's no way. But next, we'll stick in the NFC East. We will go with Daniel Jones. i say Dane. Daniel
0: Jones right we, now He's solid. My guy, um. He's got a very good touch on the ball. Very... Uh, uh, well,
1: I don't know. I'll say solid. I don't
0: think. I think solid's it. about where I would cap it. Maybe like borderline great, but I don't want to say. Oh, he he has like it's weird. He has like that Eli factor to him where he's like he's like yeah like he's 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 good and he shows it, but like I don't see him ever being like someone who defenses are afraid of. So yeah, I'll say solid. I mean, he is what he is. I would I would say this as and I. Think Dwayne has. I'll, I'll save this next bit for when we talk about Dwayne next because I think he's probably next.
1: <laughs> he is next, but well, um, I I agree with you on solid. I'll put him on solid. I, I like Daniel Jones a lot, a lot more. I didn't like him coming out of the draft, but after seeing a year of him in uh in the Giants system and just playing with a bad team around him, seeing what he could do, I think we we'll I think we'll be all right. I don't like the Giants. I like him more in the Cowboys and Redskins, but I don't like the Giants. But I think they got himself a, a solid quarterback. So for now, he's in But all
0: right. So right now, ahead. I'd say Dwayne I'll Haskins guy, is probably by Dwayne average, um, or a little bit below average for. But but I mean, he should promise at the end of last year. But here's what, here are my thoughts on the Daniel Jones versus Haskins debate. I think Daniel Jones has a much mm-hmm lower much higher floor but a much lower ceiling than Dak or while I said Dak Prescott then then Dwayne Haskins oh my god <laughs> i think Dwayne Haskins showed last year that he was really raw and it the fact that he only started one year in the nfl really showed in how he played and how he handled you know adapting to a new system but i think and i think Daniel Jones played a lot better than Dwayne Haskins but i think overall when you look at the two players and you compare them side by side and you know what they how what they did in college and you know what kind of players they are and their experience I think I think that Dwayne Haskins has the potential to be great I I don't want to say elite because elite is for a very you know different pros different kind of QB so I don't like to crown anyone before they've shown it but I think Dak Presley why do I oh my god I think Dwayne Haskins has the potential to be great but at the same time, I think he also has the potential to not fulfill those those projections. Whereas I don't think Daniel Jones goes lower than average. I don't think he goes higher than solid.
1: Yeah, no, Daniel Jones is definitely a, like a, a prototypical NFL quarterback. He'll he'll give you what you want. Never going to be elite, but yes. solid, solid quarterback overall. Um, but The one thing I would say about uh, Dwayne Haskins, I will put him in below average because you said average to below average. I think he's below average for now anyways. Um, But I think the one thing against him right now is the fact that y'all just hired Ron Rivera, who you like as a coach. I think he's a mediocre coach, but he's a defensive-minded coach. So you've got a coach now who's not really going to help your young quarterback who is raw develop the way he needs to. I like – I think Ron Rivera will do his job on the team, and he will change the culture. He will build a solid defense in Washington, which honestly was never really their problem. Washington's always had at least somewhat decent defense. It's always been their offense, and the except for the one season of uh, RG3's rookie year. Other than that, they haven't had a at all. They haven't had an explosive offense. And you've got this young quarterback, and now you put him with a defensive-minded coach who's not really going to significantly help his development. I don't see it ever getting a below, uh, above average, really. But there's some potential there. Right now he's below average, but we'll stick him there for now. But next, we'll I'll say we'll go to the NFC West. We'll go to NFC, next, NFC West next. Uh, we'll start off with the most probably 2nd easiest oh, quarterback gone. out of any in the league with Russell Wilson, elite. Yeah, we'll just stick him up in elite right next to Carson. There we go. Um, next um, we got I'll Kyler
0: Murray. What is there? Is there something between solid and great? I feel like he's somewhere between there. I mean, I think I'd say uh,
1: it has potential. I'm going to move up between solid and great. I'll say he's. Oh, wait, went, I'll, I'll say look. he is on. Um, oh
0: yes, it is. He's yeah. like baby Russell Wilson. Like it seemed like he didn't have obviously the um production or the the he didn't show the potential that Russell Wilson showed his rookie year last year but you know he was carrying a really crappy Cardinals team last year and he's got that sort of scrappy play style to where he can kind of make something out of nothing and run around the pocket and he's got the speed and the athleticism to essentially extend the play so I, I don't know I I think he could be really good but I could also see him just capping where he is Mm. Yes, so somewhere, he's, yeah, he's has Somewhere between that area or has
1: potential, which has been has potential. Yeah, I was gonna say has potential. I like. I didn't like him coming out of the draft, but after year one, he wasn't rookie of the year. That was ridiculous, but he did show flashes of being a solid franchise quarterback. So can't really knock him too much. I'll say has potential. Um, next. We'll go Jimmy G, who I feel like, we yeah, like I'll him. say
0: he's solid. Maybe I mean, he, he did his job. Football. He got the team to the Super Bowl. Um, he definitely wasn't the reason that they went there, but he didn't. I, I think there's a lot of a lot to say about a quarterback who doesn't get in his team's way. Very Kirk Cousins-esque of a quarterback to do just enough to get his team where it needs to be. Uh, so I, I would say he's he's solid. I won't say he's great or anything like that, but I, I'd say solid. I'm going to put
1: him in average because I think he's below average. I I thought back in the day I may have overhyped him uh-huh. a little bit because after, after watching the Super Bowl, right, if you're going to be an, even an average quarterback, you can't fall apart like he did in the Super Bowl. Like, say what you want. Kyle Shanahan – Kyle Shanahan has some of the blame. He, he has to take some of the blame for that Super Bowl loss, but I would put 80% of it on Jimmy G. I think he's – I don't think he's that good, really. That's it. I put him in average because you said solid. But I agree. I don't think he's, he's better than average. If... <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, I, I don't like Timmy you like that. But what is the... Jared Goff? I had him in order earlier, but my computer restarted, oh. so it's throwing me off. Jared Goff, thank you.
0: I'll say somewhere between average this, and this thing. Boy, right well, average. I think he, or whoa, whoa, whoa. I, excuse me. I'll, I'll say somewhere between solid and earth solid and average because I mean he I think he's gonna struggle next next year without Gurley and without um Cooks but he he was able to take his team to a Super Bowl I think he's regressed from that point Mm -hmm. so I won't put him in the same boat as Jimmy Garoppolo who's more recently brought his team to a Super Bowl but uh you know he's kind of he's kind of is what he is you kind of see what he is on the surface he's not gonna carry a team but he won't get in the team's way I think More times than not, he will get in his team's way instead of helping his team out. So I won't say he's a completely middle-of-the-pack, just neutral factor, but uh, I think he's as close to a neutral quarterback as you can when it comes to helping or hurting your team.
1: Yeah, I'm sticking to an average. Uh, He's an average quarterback to me. I think – with Sean McVay, he'll always appear to be just above – he'll probably always appear to be solid, but as a quarterback. He isn't Jimmy G in the fact that he won't weigh his team down in the Super Bowl like he did, but he also faltered in the Super Bowl. I think he's more talented than Jimmy G, but I do just think he's out. He's just an average quarterback. But next we will move on to the NFC North, and I want to start with – Okay, well, I
0: know you're going to say elite. Oh, I'll say great. I, mean, I don't Where think – I'm not going to sit here and say he's not a good quarterback. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but I just don't – I don't put him in elite right now just because I think in his prime he was elite, but I think he's past it, and I think – I don't know. I just – you see – I mean, he – people don't want to talk about it. Aaron Rodgers misses a couple throws every now and then. He's not perfect. I'm just saying, like, right now I would put him in great. I I think he's slowly uh, declining, but I, I still think he's a solid quarterback. Wow. Believe it or not, Jack, I completely agree with you. A rare move?
1: I, I put him in great only because I think he has elite. He, he's still elite in many areas of being a quarterback. In his prime, he was elite, like elite as you can get. But now, I mean, he does miss some throws here and there that old Aaron Rodgers wouldn't miss. Um, he's still a decent athlete, but athleticism is clearly going down. I still think he is one of the best quarterbacks mm. in football. Definitely better than Tom Brady, but I mean, you can't put him anywhere above great. As of now, he is slowly declining, and not much he can really do about it. Especially with his team wasting draft picks and not giving him weapons. But it is what it is. We'll move on. Um, next to your former guy,
0: um, your, I'll say I'm gonna say mickey. probably solid on this one. He's very Jimmy G. The fact that you know he can. Carry a team if you need him to, and he I agree. he will make mistakes. I mean, he I've seen him crush my heart. Pretty important games, but if you put guys around him, he'll he'll will do the <laughs> job.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Sal Sal's a good spot, especially since I would said average before last season, uh, when Prime Time Kirk, whatever the nickname was, came around. He he proved some stuff last year that. I don't feel like he proved any other time in his career. So as of now, I would put him in the solid category. Um, next. We'll save the bears. Cause bears is one of the teams I have two quarterbacks for. I will say also but for say now we'll go for to the Lions. Stafford. I think
0: he's gotten a really bad, a bad shot in Detroit. I don't think he's ever really had playmakers other than Calvin. But when he did have Calvin, it was Calvin and no one else. Um, and I don't I, I still think he can do it. I think there's a reason you stick around. I mean, Detroit had the option; they had the open opportunity at three to take Herbert or Tua, and they stuck with them. I think there is a reason they did that.
1: I, I, I will also put him in solid, but it sucks that they has potential Colin because I would, if this was maybe a couple years ago, would put him there. He is a had potential player, unfortunately, because he is he's incredibly talented we just never got to see it. It's like uh, – I'm not going to say it's like Barry Sanders because Barry Sanders still showed out in Detroit. But Detroit kills great players' careers, and it sucks. That he was probably – he could have been a top five quarterback multiple times in his career if he, if he wasn't. Like, if we don't qualify as a top five quarterback at some point in his career. I think he could have been, but Detroit ruined that for him, which really sucks because he's a, a solid player, not a great elite player. But – Finally, in the NFC North, we have the Bears, who have two
0: quarterbacks. I will say Nick Foles is average right now. Foles, I think he has the capability to get back up to solid. Um, but it seems like he's been in a slump since the Super Bowl run. Or no, not since the Super Bowl run, since the year after that. Because he well up until the Saints game. Um, but hmm. I think – well, yeah, I think last year he just got yeah. – he, he just got, I mean, bad bad draw. I mean, he just – he was playing a crap team, and then he got hurt. So he took over. It just is a bad situation. So we'll see what he can do with the Bears. I think inevitably yeah. inevitably, he will become starter Um, just because Trubisky will get in his own way. And as I say, mm-hmm. Trubisky, I'll say he'll be – I'll say below <laughs> average. I just think he just grows. And I, I really hope that he's not the I- future – Dwayne Haskins just because I mean Dwayne was very similar to Trubisky coming out of college he's er projected to be early first rounder played one college season played in a relatively Kiwi friendly offense and it's just he's he's making me nervous for Dwayne Hmm.
1: I mean well start off with Nick I agree with you on the average um I mean, we all know Nick can't succeed outside of Philadelphia, so it kind of sucks for him that we don't have the space for him in a team with a, our elite franchise quarterback already on the roster. But, um, I mean, he's in Chicago he's with Matt Nagy. They'll get creative. He also uh, got to know Matt Nagy when he was in the Chiefs, so who knows what's going to happen there. But with Trubisky, there's one category you, we haven't touched yet, you know, that's bum. I was saving it specifically for Mitch Trubisky, which is why I'm going to take the liberties here. And put okay, in I'm going to say this
0: is, to you, oh, just it. like I, how I prefaced Elite. Like, I think that there's a very specific set of skills that you need to possess in order to be placed in Elite. I think there is a certain amount of just trash that you have to have for remains to be in Bomb. I don't think anyone outside of Nathan Peterman deserves <laughs> to be in Bomb. I, I, don't, I think if you've been a starter as long as Trubisky has, I think you at least deserve oh, – at least to be put in below average.
1: I would love to agree with you, right? But Peterman's not on this list. He's not available. Uh, so, the floor has been set.
0: Oh, uh, so we're grading against... Uh, we're grading against the other... The floor
1: in this list.
0: Gotcha. Oh, okay.
1: This is, like, starting caliber players. He's a bomb. So, like... He, I, I can't see anywhere anywhere else this. Are you really going to put Mitchell Trubisky right next to Dwayne Haskins? Because I don't like the Redskins. I think Dwayne Haskins is a bust. I don't think he's that bad.
0: I don't know. It's just There's a lot of factors that Trubisky are similar. That's Makes me nervous. Okay, okay
1: but, yeah, but then again, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins right has threw all those touchdowns in the so high State. So let's not...
0: Like, like he proved a little bit more than Trubisky did. Whoa! Well, they honestly, it's one of
1: the best college football teams year after year. So, of course, he's going to succeed there. But we have to Oh, move have it, fine. We're time.
0: All right. <laughs> I'm fine. Damn- I'm
1: You good? Because there's like hey, Jack. Wait, I'm going to make you happy, okay? okay? Because we're about to talk about your favorite quarterback. Thomas Edward Patrick I would say he's great right now. I think he's
0: definitely regressed from where he was. I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league as far as leading a team on the field and off the field. So I'll put him in great, and I think he'll do great things in Tampa Bay. Listen, I'm going to give you
1: this one. I put him in great just because um, I've taken a lot of my own liberties in this. So I will okay. give you this one, although I think he is solid at best. That's just me. I would put him in solid. I wouldn't put him in average. But I'll give you great, just because okay, you love. Okay, thank Converse. you. I appreciate. I know that. you feel strongly about that one, so I'll let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So we'll go. Matt with Ryan, up. I'll Matt put in Ryan solid.
0: Next. I think ever since the Super campaign, that it's, it see appears that these NFC quarterbacks just cannot get over it when they lose a the Super Bowl. Yo. I think I think he used to be great. Um, he's definitely had weapons, so he could slip into average soon if he doesn't start showing at least some more promise. Uh, off that MVP Super Bowl appearance, like I said, I mean, it just feels like he hasn't been the same guy. But he still kept Julio, added Ridley. He had Freeman when Freeman was good, but now he's obviously not as good. But I don't know. He's he's a weird quarterback. He you rarely see guys bounce back in their thirties, but I don't know. He, he's regressing slowly, but he's still regressing. Yeah, I agree. He'll
1: never be below solid. He's always been a good quarterback, but he's just – I think, one, Atlanta has always been a mediocre team. So he's been weighed down by the team he's on, which unfortunately happened. I fear for Joe Burrow for that same exact reason, um, just a mediocre team that might never – Get out of that out of that rut. But I agree with you on solid. Next, we'll move on to the Panthers, though. With their um, new starting quarterback, I think
0: he has potential. Just because we've seen him play pretty well in his two destinations prior to landing a finally landing a starting gig. Uh, you know, he's playing well in Minnesota, and he had talent around him, and he played really well filling in for Drew Brees for this couple of weeks last season. So I mean we'll see what he can do with the with a new team that he is the reins of and I think that he has the potential to become a really good QB and it's good to see for a guy who hasn't really gotten his own shot before like this.
1: Yeah. No, I mean the only thing I fear with Teddy Bridgewater is that yeah. his whole career he's had pretty good he's had pretty solid players around him. Um which I don't know if Carolina has. They have D.J. Moore, obviously, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, who are both very good young players. That's my only fear with it, but I love, I do love Teddy Bridgewater, and I completely agree with you on the hash potential. I don't think we've seen all of what Teddy Bridgewater has to offer yet. So I think he could easily reach great one day. Like He could be a great one. He won't be an elite quarterback, but his ceiling is definitely great, which who knows? Matt Rule might uh, might take him there. But... What have we done? We've done Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and New uh, New Orleans is the last one. There are two quarterbacks for New
0: Orleans. Drew Brees, I will say elite. I still think he's one of the weirdest quarterbacks that can get old and still be dominant at the position. And I think that he just – I don't know. Every year they're in it. Every year. And I don't see Drew Brees missing passes like I do from these other – Just saying, he's, he's, he's he feels he's like, like he's lost less than these NBA other guys. guys back in the earliest career.
1: I mean, I'll put him in elite, I'll agree with you. I put him like highest tier of great. Like, I would say if great, if the great category we have here could be divided into two, I would put Rodgers and Breeze in the top category, and Dak and Brady in, in the lower one, personally. But, I mean, you think he's elite. I think he's a really great quarterback still. I'll put him elite. No disagreements here. But last but not least, the last topic yes. of discussion for the day, because we've already crossed over an hour. It's been a great conversation, Jack. Thank you for joining me, by the way. But um last but not least, we have the most elite quarterback of all time. He broke well he didn't break records, but he was um, the first quarterback ever to go thirty and thirty. I think. Is that true? Yeah, he like was I'll
0: say and average. He, I mean, I'm still an accomplishment, but throwing 30 <laughs> picks alongside of it, it's like, come on, dude. But, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'll just say this. Anyone can throw 30 picks. Not everyone can throw 30 touchdowns. So, he's got some uniqueness to his game, but whatever. <laughs> he's yeah. just – he needs to get his stuff straight. Average. Listen.
1: I would love to agree with you, but I'm going to take the liberties on this one and put him in has potential. Because, I, right, I think in Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston was given the reins a little too early. I think he is quietly one of the more egotistical quarterbacks in the league. So he got that, and he's like, he's all he's that. He's not working very hard, but he has the arm talent. He does remind me a bit of, Arguably my favorite quarterback of all time, Brett Favre. The only issue is Brett Favre, he threw a lot of picks. But he threw a lot of picks in the in the fact that he was a playmaker. And he threw picks. He threw a lot of touchdowns as well. He was trying to make plays. He put hmm. the ball downfield. Except body. for a few notable bad ones. Like the one in the playoffs. Um, I mean, listen, Brett Favre was a playmaker. Playmaking ability is my favorite – Uh trait in any player. If you are a playmaker, I want you on my team. Uh, Brett Favre is potentially the best playmaker of all time. And I see some of that in James Woodson. He's out there trying to make plays. He makes some awful, hideous throws that the average person can't wrap their head around. But at the same time, he makes some great throws, and he throws for a lot of touchdowns. Uh, I put him in has potential because I see the potential. I think he needs to get his work ethic straight. I think he needs to find a team that will correctly utilize him. Which Brian, or not Brian, uh, Bruce Arians could have done. Unfortunately, let go of in a year, replaced him with the third old goat, or whatever you want to call him. But I mean, I like Jameis. I like him a lot more than most people. I'll go along with the He got his LASIK so we'll else. But I think he's got potential. I really do. I mean, hopefully, I really hope for the sake of the NFL that he turns out to be better than what he shows so far. Because I've mean, even seen early in his career, he made some oh, great plays, like that one uh, against the yep. Bears, maybe his second season or whatever, where he was like running backwards forever, went in the end zone, oh, yeah. ran out. It reminds me of that Randall Cunningham play from back in the day, where he just kept breaking tackles in the end zone, made a big third on the field. He's, he's an awesome player when he's playing to his full potential. We just haven't seen it yet. But, um, yeah, it's so just a three go over the list, I guess. In Elite, we put Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, and Drew Brees, three, the three best quarterbacks in the NFC, East, according to us. Um, At Great, we've got Dak, Rodgers, and Brady. And has potential, we have Kyler, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jameis. In um, Solid, we have Danny Dimes, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, and Matt Ryan. Average, we have Jimmy G, Jared Goff, and Nick Foles. Below Average, Sitting all by himself is Dwayne Haskins, and in a league of his own, Mr. Trubisky is the lone bum in the NFC. Uh,
0: so, yeah. I think we're good.
1: I think we talked him out. Any any changes you'd like to see made or, or what? No, no, I I like this list. I uh, I agree with Wentz elite. elite. Um, <laughs> Russell Wilson clearly clearly elite. Probably the best quarterback. Uh, in the league right now outside of one we'll talk about next episode next week but uh, yeah I think it's all we've got today so want to thank everybody for listening in this week's podcast goat talk episode number two um, again my name is Kyle Staird your host along with Jack my co-host here uh, again if you want to follow me on follow Twitter me on at, at Kyle A. Jack you want to reach out your Twitter